Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. I'm so happy, Sam, because you know <laughs> we have uh, we're we're in our fourth Sunday of Advent. We are. Yeah, so we are just uh, kind of you know tapping our finger on the table here, waiting for the Christ Child. We've been adventing for weeks. now. That's exactly right, and we are. Uh, you know, we we went to you know rose just for a little brief moment, and then yes. now we're back in purple. But honestly. We're getting close to Christmas. So you're saying those were not pink vestments? You're those wearing. were not pink vestments okay. because Jesus didn't pink from the dead; he rose from the ah! dead. That's how you know the difference. <laughs> but all that aside, uh, uh, it, this this has been an exciting series we've been doing. Yes, uh, and, and it's coming to a close today. Uh, we're talking about the four parts of the charisma. And this is something that's vital that really every Christian needs to know, not only for themselves, but so that they can genuinely share the good news, right, charisma, just share that proclamation mm. to people that they meet, right? This is, what yes. the, this is the core of evangelization, those four parts. We handled each one at one particular Sunday of Advent. Four part, Sundays of Advent, four parts of the charisma. I can't believe it worked out it like worked that. Out. Luckily, it's not like five <laughs> Advent. You know, then we're like in trouble because uh, there's only four parts of the charisma: the goodness of creation, culminating in the creation of man in God's image. That's the, that was the first uh, Sunday of Advent. We talked about that. Second part of the charisma is the fall, like sin and its consequences. Uh, and then the third Sunday of Advent, we talked about the third part of the charisma, and that's God's response to our sin. Like, God didn't just ignore the fact that, oh, those crazy kids down there and shake his head and go like, well, I guess they're lost. He, he had a response, and that's essentially Jesus Christ is, is his response and what he, what he did through Jesus Christ, but Christ's life, death, and resurrection, right? But see, now's the big point of all of this. Now, now we get down to the nitty-gritty, and that is, what are we going to do about that? It requires our participation. This is, this is our opportunity in this fourth Sunday Advent to talk about the fourth part of the charisma, and that is our response to God. But here we have to recognize that this response is going to vary among you know, different listeners. There are different kinds of folks on different journeys who Exa- are listening. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we have some listeners who, who might not believe in God. Or we might have listeners who believe in God, but they don't accept that Jesus is God. Or we might have some listeners who accept Jesus, but do not accept that the Catholic Church is the church founded by God. Uh, We may have Catholics who might not have met Jesus. Uh, We might have active Catholics who are still growing in their relationship with Jesus. Yeah, so there's like all these different folks, they're all on the spectrum. (laughs) Yeah, and and, and, and let's just say, like, no one, if if you're in tune with your faith and you're very serious Catholic, at no point do you stop growing in your relationship with Jesus. 100%. And that's something that John Paul II, Pope uh, St. John Paul II said to us is that we were, uh, we should always be in a state of continuing conversion. Yes. Right? So even, and we, and, and sometimes our faith wanes and then it fires up with the Holy Spirit, then it wanes. We're, we're, we're all like a, a sinus rhythm, right. you know, uh, of faith sometimes. And so it's important. So this applies to all of us. Yes. The Kerygma is relevant to all of us. There's no point where the Kerygma stops being relevant to you. And so we're, we're hoping to address all of you today, uh, wherever you are, as we review. 
uh, all that we've discussed. But you know, let's actually let's begin with those who don't believe in God. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, getting to be a larger category. It is, it is, and and so t- you know, typically this discussion begins with the question, why is there something rather than nothing? You know, and. And we affirm that that's an important question for you to ask yourself if you're someone who doesn't believe in God. Why is there something rather than nothing? Like, where did it come from? Where did it come from? Right. And and we also invite you to recognize that science will be limited in its ability to answer that question. So that's an important point we could talk about just for a second, because a lot of people put faith in science. Yes. Right. Prove to me that God exists. Scientifically. Yes. Exactly. In science, we have to remember, we have to be grounded in what it is. It's about observation and measurement. You know, its focus is in what is observable. And measurable, uh, it, not in what underlies that which is observable. It also doesn't really answer the, the big question, why? Right. Now, now, keep in mind, that doesn't mean that you have to go straight to religion to answer those questions. I heard a talk by Bishop Barron once where he said, there is a mediating discipline between science and religion, and that is philosophy. Um, and so we invite you to look at what we've shared with you. If you're to, in our first episode, for those who don't believe in God, who aren't going to be processing what we're saying through a faith lens, we, we invite you to uh, look at what we've shared in our first episode through a philosophical lens. Right. We also don't want you to tune out just because you believe in God. Yes, right? that too. Because there are people that are in your life right now who will tell you, especially some of our younger folks, right? So your, your children, you know. There's several of them now that they don't believe in God. Oh, absolutely. And, and really, the stuff, one of the things I want to say here is we're going to encourage those who feel that, uh, moved by this series. Um, you know, there's a lot that we've packed in here. And, and I think it's important for, to encourage you to, re, to consider listening to the ep- series a second time. You know, right. and we're kind of in, use this episode to help, you, uh, to help you process in a way that's appropriate to you. Uh, how you might want to listen to uh, that this series again in a way that's that speaks into your journey and where you are. Yeah, amen. That's exactly that's a great point. So we're looking at this. If we look at this through a philosophical lens, what are we going to start to see? Well, you know, in our first episode, uh, one of the things that we talked about it was the love and goodness that underlies creation. You know, our claims that we have uh, a valid reason to look at love as the deepest source of truth in the universe. So. Uh, that's with love being defined as the free choice to will the good of the other for the sake of the other. And, and, and here, at this point, we're speaking both to those who don't yet profess belief in God and those who profess belief in God but don't profess belief in Jesus. You know, we, we invite you to imagine a world where everybody has freely chosen to love one another for the sake of the other. Well, that would be a beautiful world, by the way. Contemplate the truth, beauty, and goodness of that, right? Uh, and, and contemplate the truth, beauty, and goodness of love itself. You know, we, we t- discussed this topic at length in our first episode. And so we, we invite you to listen to that first episode of our series again with an open mind. We invite you to think of your own experiences with love. Have you ever felt inspired by love, moved by love, where love is an outside force guiding your heart to goodness, to serve the good of others in a self-sacrificing way? Right. Now, I, I would also like to just encourage you to think about this. Like when we're always looking, when we're looking for something scientific, yeah, like you can't you can't prove or disprove love, right? Right? You you judge that based on its fruits yes. or merits. Uh, it's like I guess it was love because we've been together for sixty years. Well, I heard a powerful testimony by an artist. He was he was an actor. He was an atheist uh, while he was a Broadway actor at the time, and he said he experienced. Uh, he he knew that his best acting performances was when he was waiting for something outside of him. 
to move him and guide his performances, and it started hitting him. Oh, wait a second, maybe. I do believe in God. Right. So <laughs> you start to recognize that everything cannot be contained in that which can be measured yes. at the moment yes. or observed at the moment. Yes. So you cannot, quote unquote, prove in that way anything outside, like anything that is supernatural. But in your own experience, if you have felt something from outside of you moving your heart to love, challenging you to noble action in a way that you knew that you were being guided Pay attention to that. Whether you yeah. believe in God or not, pay attention to that. Because we as Catholic Cafe, we believe that, that God is trying to guide all of us to love at all times. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and so we invite you to ask yourself, if you know something, if you, if, if you know that you should be living this love, like if you've had that experience of love guiding your heart and you know, gosh, okay, my, my life would be perfect. You know, and most beautiful. If I was always living that love, mm. and you, and if you were able to embrace the notion of yes, I agree. If everybody was moved in this way and living this life of love, and if you want to live out this love, ask yourself: Is there something that keeps getting in the way? What what keeps getting in the way? What stops you from giving your life to love? I can't imagine that someone would ask them themselves that question and not realize that. It has to be them. Right. Wait, I mean, well, it's, 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 really, it has to be the fact that, you know, I, I, I guess I'm thinking about myself. I'm self-focused. I'm selfish. I'm, I'm self-centered. I'm self-entitled. And I'm not judging and pointing fingers saying, look at all you prideful people out there. Right, right. We realize in our own hearts, it's like, well, this is what I want, how I want it. Right. And that's usually the thing that stops us from loving. But why are we so selfish is the question I have. Why so self-centered? Why so self-entitled? So prideful? That's all of us. Okay, all of us is not this is in every single person and wherever they are in their faith walk, including us. Why do we have these stumbling blocks? Why are we so quick to use others? Why are we so quick to harm others? You know, this brings us to our second episode where we discuss the lordship of sin and death. And again, in discussing the lordship of death, it really is the lordship of the fear of death. You know, right. That fear that grips our hearts, that this is all that there is, that when we die, there's nothing more, that there is no meaning to life, that even our names will be forgotten in time. We would encourage you to ask yourself, is that fear there for you? Here, we really are speaking to everybody, not just those who profess belief in God and don't profess that Jesus is God. All of us still succumb to this fear, either in little ways or big ways. And some of us, uh, again, we, we are on a sinus wave. Right. Uh, and, and so this, uh, you know, when sin rears its ugly head, usually it's attached to some fear. Something's going on. Yes. And so even those of us who are the most convicted and in love with Jesus can can have doubts and those doubts then they're fed by that fear what if jesus doesn't love me what if god doesn't love me what if there's no god mm. and now what if i'm just some insignificant blip on on a you know anthropological radar screen right right what am i some insignificant piece of sand on the beach you know you start to feel uh, insignificant and that's essentially a fear of of nothingness a fear of death of of being uh, uh nothing and that lordship of death it habituates the heart to incline us towards sin. Uh, and, and, you know, some of our Protestant brothers and sisters, they believe in the notion of once saved, always saved. You know, for Catholics, it's we were saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. You know, it's a constant process. It's a constant fight that we as Christians must undertake to remain 
under the lordship of Jesus. And the lordship of Jesus is the answer. Yes. Right? So, because it's the opposite of the of the lordship of death and sin. Right. Well, I'm, remember, I'm reminded here of a, a Jewish rabbi that I once heard on television. He said a man came to him and said, Rabbi, I am a Jew, and I want to believe in God, but I don't. What do you suggest that I do? And the rabbi said, first get rid of all the false gods in your life, and then you can get to know the one true God. Right, because if your heart is filled with things, right, and not filled with God, well, that's the problem. <laughs> right, well, and, and, you know, interesting fact, and, and if we're going to pay attention to the false gods in our life, interesting fact, in ancient Israel, we hear a lot about animal sacrifice, and, and it may seem very cruel and backwards. We may ask ourselves, why would the Lord of life ask his children for animal sacrifice? Well, those animals being sacrificed, those animals were commonly worshipped in that region. So essentially what God was asking them to do was commit deicide. You kill a god, you show that it's not God, right? What's, what's the god we're talking about here? Death. And our fear of death. So Jesus subjected himself to deicide, but by his death and resurrection, conquered Death and showed that death is no God and showed that Jesus is God. Yes. Amen. And that's and that's that whole thing of 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 deicide. It, it sounds weird. Yeah. It's not something we say a lot, but really, essentially, it's you got to get rid of that which you worship that is not God. Yes. Because that takes you away from God. So you basically have to blow that up. He, he Yes, exactly. And so now ask yourself if the God of the universe, a God who is love. Uh, who has a plan to save the universe one heart at a time, a plan to conquer the grip of death in our hearts and its lordship of sin. Do you see now why, why God would need to take on flesh to camouflage his divinity in our fragility and allow himself to get swallowed up by death so that he can explode it from the inside? Yeah, you, you bring it. You, we've mentioned Father John Ricardo in every yes. episode. Why change now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a Father John Ricardo take, and I love it. Uh, you know, some of us struggle with the question of why salvation must come through Jesus, you know, that it seems unfair. Uh, that, you know, but if there's, only, that if there's only one way for the lordship of death and sin to be conquered, that one way is Jesus who conquered sin and death. And, and, and the only way that we can leave the lordship of sin and death is to enter under the lordship of Jesus. Right. So another take on all this, I, I, I agree with the deicide stuff, but yeah. at the same time, also that animal sacrifice was a way for God to help his people see the value of sacrifice. Yes. And ultimately too. sort of uh, prefigure a sacrifice that would save all of us. Yes. And right. And so and when you say like, well, you know, why do I have to believe in Jesus then? Well, because if Jesus is God, and Jesus goes to his death to essentially explode death from the inside out yes. and resurrect uh, on, a, on his own power and his own authority, then essentially what he's doing in, in, is conquering death, but he's the perfect sacrifice. Yes. He's the only sacrifice that would allow us to be reconciled to God. And he's the only deicide survivor in history. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> I think I saw a, a PBS special on that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> and so here, you know, we're speaking now to those who who, who we're, we're speaking to everybody, but in a special way to those who profess belief in Christ, including those who have given their life to Christ. And we're asking everybody here, everybody, to recognize that surely we all recognize that each of us still sin. You know, the Lord of Death still desires to fool 
our hearts. We, each, we invite each of you to imagine yourself fully alive now in the love of God. We're, Jesus is Lord over your life and has incarnated himself within you. That is the work of, and that is the work of the Holy Spirit, by the way, to, to form Christ within you for the glory of the Father. That, that Jesus may live his life, death, and resurrection within you, within you and through you. You know, God loves you to love through you. We are not endpoints of his love. We are partakers in a communion of his love under his lordship. And, and, and this is why we have the Eucharist and why we have all the sacraments, efficacious signs that are here in this physical world that bring about the grace that they signify. You know, but you, you don't have to take our word for that here at the Catholic Cafe. You can go to him. Yeah, see, that's an important point. Um, you know, some people reason their way into faith. Yeah. You know, Fides et Ratio, one of the great encyclicals of, encyclicals of John Paul the Great. Um, you know, there, there, you can reason your way into faith. Right. Um, you know, there can be an intellectual awakening, but there's also this aspect that I think a lot of us don't give enough credence to. We want to be, have this explained. We we want to see biblical proofs. You want to see these things, and that's how we're going to have faith. You know, there's also this this element of the supernatural. Just placing yourself in the presence of yes. the supernatural of the of, of the one true God. Right, so if we're even if you don't believe, yes, in Eucharist and what Catholics believe about Eucharist, there have been stories of conversion. We're going to have Father Malachi, one of the National Eucharistic Revival speakers, uh, on our show shortly, and uh, in uh, we pre-recorded that I- interview, and it's it's amazing. And he talks about uh, uh, I think it was a, a Hindu who came to him at uh, one of uh, in an, at an adoration event. Wow. And essentially was converted and then and, and joined RCIA. Wow. You know, after just like, it's like, I, I don't know what happened to me, but something has happened to me. I want to know more about this. And Father Mike Schmitz actually has, has issued an Advent challenge to all of his listeners. 30 days of visiting the Eucharist for 30 minutes a day. That was his Advent challenge, but it can be done at any time of the year. Uh, and, you know, we at the Catholic Cafe, we agree that if you do that, you're not going to be unchanged by that. If you go there and you make yourself available to be in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and you invite him to reveal himself to you. So how do we go to him? Well, he's in every Catholic tabernacle. Yeah. So every Catholic parish on the planet yes. has got a tabernacle. Yes. And with the exception of Holy Saturday. <laughs> right. That he is present there. Yes. And then... And then uh, there are adoration chapels as well where he's, he's, in addition to being present, he's also exposed in a monstrance. And so wherever you are in your faith journey, whether you don't know whether you believe in God or whether you, you do, but you don't know whether Jesus and is that, God. Right. And that number is growing. That's, oh, yeah. the, the, our young people are, are desperate for faith right now. A- absolutely. And, and, and even if you do believe that Jesus is God, if you don't know if you believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist. Yeah. Or even if you do believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist, but you haven't really experienced him. Or even if you have experienced him, but you want to go deeper, go to him. Go to him. You know, wherever you are on your journey, that is always the answer, to go to Jesus, to sit with him, to abide with him. Ask him to abide with you. Now, if you're not sure that he's there, ask him to reveal himself to you. Lord, if this is really you, please reveal yourself to my heart. If you have already, if you already have faith that he's there, ask him to increase your faith. Ask yourself in his presence, where does death and sin still need to be conquered in my heart? 
You know, we're an Easter people. Alleluia is our song. Lord, incarnate yourself within me. Conquer death within me. Let your resurrection live in me and through me. You know, that, that's something that uh, Father Malachi also is going to address in a couple of weeks. He talks about uh, just a simple prayer that you offer to the Blessed Sacrament in, it, in, in his presence there in, in an adoration chapel or just sitting in front of a tabernacle in a, in a church that's dark and you got that little yeah. uh, uh, sanctuary light flickering up there, the mm. candle. Um, it's just ba- basically say, Jesus, I give you permission. Yes. Right? G- God does not possess you. Right. Like, like the devil would. Right. right. Where you were out of, you wouldn't take your, your human will away. You have free will. It's been given to you. He wants you to freely love him. Yes. And so that's basically him saying, well, I'm here. And you saying, well, I give you permission to be here pointing at my heart. Right. Right. You, have, you give him permission. And it's a simple prayer. Right. No matter what state you're in, no matter what situ- the situation is, how bad things might be, sitting in a tabernacle and saying, I give you permission mm. is a powerful way to experience the supernatural gift of grace that comes to us through the Blessed Sacrament, through the church, uh, and essentially through Jesus in, directly into our hearts. And it's transformative. And he touches our hearts through all of the sacraments. You yeah. know, if you're Catholic, go to confession also. You know, secret sacramental grace. And, and, and in that confessional, we ask you, ask, you know, as you prepare for your confession, ask God to help you conquer death and sin in your heart. And if, if you're not Catholic, we encourage you to contact your local parish, to meet with the priest there. To or attend, the deacons. Or the deacons. That's right. Attend a local RCIA. Let your journey begin. You know, no, no doubt you're going to have many, many questions. And questions are... Are good, and it's okay to to ask those questions. It's okay to have doubts. It's okay. You don't have to go to uh, RCIA. I guess soon to become OCIA. You yeah. don't have to go uh, uh, to start taking classes already believing all this stuff. And Christ doesn't want you to throw away your questions. Yeah. Now he does want you. He does ask that you encounter him directly, and that's what the whole point of this series is. He does desire that you will turn to him with openness. He wants to bring you to a place where you can turn to him with childlike trust, sit at his feet, sit in his Eucharistic presence, allow him to love you. That same love that caused him to lay his life down for you, to conquer death and sin within you, allow him to love you and allow him to teach and form your heart and rest Allow yourself to rest in that love. Mm. And the, the, the reason it's so important to go into the Eucharist is we can let that Eucharistic presence, if you experience him in the Eucharist, once you do, that can be a mustard seed by which your faith grows and blossoms within you. Because, you know, that Eucharistic presence comes to you. Yes, it's from God. But it comes to you by way of the church. Right. So we can pause for a second and talk about the church and how important that is. But I do want to talk about the fact that, again, you simply need to say, I give you permission. Yes. I give you permission. You don't have to believe everything yet. Right. right? You, 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 I give you permission to form me is essentially what you're saying. I give you permission to enter my heart. And I am interested in the Catholic faith. So even for those of you who are already Catholic, who go to Mass every Sunday, who maybe once or twice a year you go to confession, you do those sort of minimal requirements. You do that. And that's good. God bless you. But if you're missing that fire... Right. We still need to constantly give Jesus permission, right, to, to, to essentially be the Lord of our life. And if you're exploring a relationship with Jesus within the context of the church and you're getting to know the church, you know, remember, the church is a divine institution 
entrusted to sinners. Yeah, it's, and you know that's the thing. It is. It's the, the Catholic Church is essentially. I sometimes like when it comes to proclamations and truth and things like that. I, I, I view the Catholic Church as sort of like the mouthpiece of God. Sure. Right. But essentially, it's uh, the Catholic Church is is a minister of grace, uh, and and it's the conduit of grace. The Church herself is filled with grace that pours out on the people. But it's the methodology, I guess, yes. that, that Jesus himself chose. Jesus knew when he was founding the church on the rock of St. Peter, he knew all of this was going to take place, and he knew this church was going to be necessary. That's why we as Catholics really want to focus on that. And that's why it's so important for us to uh, to, to spend time with him, but certainly to, to look at how the church being divine was an institution of God, right, as the church instituted by God and, and, and with these sacraments bringing us grace every single day. But this church, interestingly, was entrusted to sinners. Yes, exactly. Exa- and, and Christ works within the context of our brokenness, including the brokenness of members of the church and including yours. He's not surprised by anybody's sins, and he has a perfect plan that takes all of our sins into account. I love the the Christmas hymn. We've probably heard it a few times by now. Oh, holy night. Oh, yes. I, I, the phrase, long lay the world in sin and error pining. That's us. Yes. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Yes. How beautiful that is. Well, and as we prepare for Christmas to celebrate that holy night, you know, we at the Catholic Cafe, we invite you to invite him to appear to you, to allow your soul to feel its worth. We invite you to allow your soul to be a conduit of his love, whereby the souls of others might feel their worth. As we join Jesus in his plan to save the world one heart at a time, to help bring in his kingdom, his lordship, in our lives and in others. This is the fourth part of the kerygma. It's, it requires our response. It's what seals the deal. It's the reason there is a kerygma, the reason there is a proclamation of the good news, so that we can respond. That's the ultimate goal, and, and that's exactly what God desires, right? In his fullness, in his, in his love, in his mercy, he desires each and every one of us. He calls each and every one of us. And so when we know this, these four parts of the kerygma, we can then share it with others, and it just explodes outward. Right? Exploding death from the inside out. How beautiful. <laughs> yes. So we wish you a blessed and merry Christmas season. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.